I have these friends, Dan and Sheila. I actually they're podcast hosts. Welcome to Profiling Criminal Minds. I'm Dan. And today I'm Sheila. Uh, which will be clear as to why relatively quickly, I think. Yes, I'm not the therapist today. So as we talked about last time in doubt, we uh, thought it would be a good idea to watch uh, Spotlight, <laughs> which is how most people found out about this story. And, and, and if you want to know that there's a connection, right, Shanley, yeah. In other words, the uncle of the man who wrote Doubt. Yeah. Comes up. Yep. In spotlight. Yeah. Yeah. So there you go. There you go. Connections all over the place. So. Right Where on. to begin? Okay. So if you haven't seen the movie, first off, it's on Netflix. Go watch it. Yeah. Uh, it's it's easy enough to watch. There's a reason it got Best Picture. It's an incredibly well-made movie. Everybody's fantastic in this thing. And it tells the story of the Boston Globe doing a year-long investigation that led to another year's worth of stories about how the church covered up uh, sexual assault of minors by priests. Yes, this is what you would call the case study. Yeah. This is, and this is how it was done not just in in Massachusetts, because, yeah, I mean, because one of the priests, I mean, I think Guggen came in from Philadelphia, for heaven's sakes. Yeah. Um, and, uh, you know, this business of moving priests around and the rest of it, but mm -hmm. it's the institutional case study about oh, yeah. how the church handles things, including sending Cardinal Law off to Rome so he couldn't be prosecuted. I mean, that's the thing. Uh, we were talking about how in uh, how in doubt the dude gets a promotion, right? Yeah. He gets a promotion. It's like, that's exactly what they did to law, you know? They, uh, and yeah, they could have, they could have jailed this man for fraud, but he moved to the Vatican and spoiler alert, Vatican doesn't extradite people. <laughs> he just could never leave the Vatican again. Yeah, he can just never leave the Vatican. Yes. Yeah, no extradition treaty yeah. with the Vatican. Actually, well, you know. Yeah. It was, it's technically its own country. Yeah. As upsetting as that may be. Anyway. Uh, but yeah, it's uh it's magnificent. Uh yeah, and it's it's interesting because it was dead on. Yeah. Right? Like, it really is. It's um I whoever wrote the screenplay, I assume they got an Academy Award as well. It wouldn't shock me. I can't remember anymore, but... Uh, yeah, it's easy enough to check later. But the important part is not whether or not this got recognition. It's how well it tells this story. Yeah. And that's what blows me away every time I watch it. Like, the the process of it is so well handled. Yes, yeah, right? so how difficult it is and how much... Like, I when I'm watching um, them going through all of those books right oh um, my where, god of all of the priests where all the priests are right yeah where their parishes are with you know etc it's a yearly it's well it's a priest directory yeah right? it's the priest directory yeah and you you have them in other and they have to find anybody who has been on sick leave or is currently unassigned 
or or you know um it wasn't even that there were others there were other things that they used yeah sick leave extended absence uh, mm-hmm. due to family whatever right yeah. guys who were and of course guys who were regularly moved well yes what they would do is they'd send, ship them off to a treatment center and then um and then move them to a different parish yeah now i think uh, you know st- because when they talked to sipe i mean sipe was already working in um this is richard sipe uh, he wrote the. I mean, now I read the book in eighty four, eighty five, or whenever it came out. Sipe's book was um, there, eighty five, eighty six. I can't remember, but uh, mm-hmm. yeah. Uh, and and his numbers. Well, it had to be because I remember so often talking not just about this, but then. Um, we had a, a memorial, I can remember at one of the AAR SBLs, I think, or yeah, it had to be American Academy State. for Religious Studies. American Academy of Religion and the Society of Biblical so, Scripture. Okay. There you go. Thank yeah. you. Anyway, I knew I was close. You know, uh, memorial service and in memoriam for all the people who had died of AIDS. Right. At one point, and you know, talking it's, I this I, I had this brings up a lot. I hadn't seen this in ages. Yeah, in ages, 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 mm-hmm. and I, um, I'm still <laughs> just. It's that powerful. It. That's the and thing. well, it, well, for people like me who, of course, were one of those children yeah. who was abused by a Roman Catholic priest. Yep. And so I had just, I have just finished watching it. And then Dan says, well, so do you want, I said, he said, so how are, I said, well, I just finished watching it. And I, well, how are, it was a great movie. And well, I'm a mess. Yeah. <laughs> and he says, okay, you want a podcast now? Well, yeah. So you can just, yeah. Imagine. Yeah. I'm, I, yes. And, well, just so our listeners understand, it never goes away. No. No matter, I, I guess what happens, and I am sitting here thinking about it and thinking, yes, and this is why I do not want to. The earliest signs I have that I have Alzheimer's, I want to die because I never want to You don't want to relive again. through all of that. I yeah. never want to have to relive that. And I have talked about that. You know, I can talk about that at a very logical level, right? Yeah. You know, I I, partly because I saw my mother reliving her past mm-hmm. and and how traumatic that was for her. Yeah. But it's not this. It's just that when I feel like this and it wasn't until we get to Mark Ruffalo's just blowing up. And so this is in the last half hour. Yeah. Right. Like, I'm fine. Everything is it's it's a great movie. I mean, the, the performances are brilliant. There is nothing out of place mm-hmm. in this. Like even even to having Blue Blue Blood's patriarch be Cardinal yeah. Law, right? 
I mean, yeah. it's just like perfect, right? Oh, no, it's perfect, except, you know, here it's meant to indict that attitude, whereas in Blue Blood, yes. they celebrate corruption. Yes, you know, and it was, but, you know, so I'm getting through the whole thing, and then Mark Ruffalo blows up. And, and again, I know, like, and then he's I not start- going to get nominated for Best Supporting Actor, but... Uh, and, and he doesn't have the most prominent part here because you got John Slattery and you've got Michael Keaton there. But Ruffalo is so good in this. Oh, and that's when I started to cry. Of course. And I cried. <laughs> yeah. And uh, because most of the time I forget just how angry I was, just yeah. how incapable how my life was so messed up. Yeah, completely derailed, yes. You know, well, if if you didn't, you wouldn't live. Yeah, I, of course. You know, if I didn't, you know, you would, you would be in a state of perpetual anxiety. Mm-hmm. And the whole point of going through long-term therapy, as I said, too bad Neville's dead because he's the only one I could talk to. Yeah. So our listeners are going to listen to me <laughs> do a podcast my, instead yeah absolutely. yeah do a podcast and do my therapy year and just it is because what happens is is the if i was to talk about what it what i am remembering it is the massive disorientation of my life yeah when i was eight years old and mm-hmm. nine years old and when I went through this, trying to figure out why God let this happen to me, what had I done wrong? All of that, you know. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and I'm going, I don't know if I can write it because I can. I mean, I've been doing all of it. None of this stuff. You're writing I, a book about it, and it doesn't. And all of the research you do for the book you're writing about this isn't as powerful no, as Mark Ruffalo getting angry. <laughs> Because that's the power of cinema. You know, that's exactly it. Of, but, of no. Glenn Close, Cl- not Glenn Close. Oh my God. Um, Whatever her name. Was. Yeah, I'm blanking. <laughs> at crying at the end of doubt, and Mark Ruffalo screaming oh, at the end. Meryl yeah, Streep crying at the end of doubt, and Mark Ruffalo screaming at the end of this. Yeah, I mean, because those things. Yeah. This is just it, because it hits at that. I just remember mm-hmm. and I remember how it felt remember because I had no way to explain this my parents handled all of it as best they could of course well no I mean and that's not usually the case and if you were <laughs> Catholic I wasn't Catholic so yeah you know I mean my parents weren't Catholic I wasn't raised Catholic I just had a whole bunch of Catholic friends and therefore yeah, you know this. This ended up happening, but mm-hmm. and it's funny, you know. I, I was listening as I'm reading this, not reading this as I'm watching this, and they're talking, and and the reporter is the the female reporter is going, well, isn't it her? Yeah, no, we we want to know because we have we want to know what was done, and everything else, right? Yeah, and this the business of the blowjobs and stuff, and I'm going, I'm never going to talk about that. No. And I have been asked and I'm going, no, it, yeah. no, that is hard enough for me to ever, I think, 
it is prurient. You mean you need to know all of the sexual detail? Yes, all of the details of the assault for yeah. this to matter. Exactly. And, and 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 no, I mean I certainly made that a long time ago perfectly clear when I started to go through all of this. And there is there are very few people. Um, I can think of two or three, maybe. Neville. Yeah. Neville. <laughs> Neville knows everything. hear this stuff, yeah. As much as possible. Mm -hmm. um, there's, there, there are parts because it's not just, the, it's the whole aftermath. It's the whole big freaking mess. And yeah. I swear to God, the only people that I would even feel comfortable maybe today talking to our other survivors like myself yeah. like, I, it's because I had individual therapy as opposed to you know going to groups and the rest of it because that just wasn't going to in groups I end up taking care of everybody else you know yeah. um, you don't get the support you need because I you're a counselor by nature yeah, because I, 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 I just, I can't, I can't help myself. Yeah, it's just what you do. It's just who you it's are. It's just what I do yeah. when I can't, you know, anyway. But this was just so, I haven't had, the last time I've been this upset about something is this book called Our Fathers, which was, and it was, there were so many details and stuff in that, and the, and it's the confusion it's the aftermath. It's the mess. It eventually settles down. Yeah. You know, but it, it explains my, well, I, as I said, once I started to put everything together, okay, so this is why I became hyper-religious Baptist and went to friggin', friggin', uh, I, I, I swear to God, every night I was at a prayer meeting. There was a prayer meeting at the little Methodist church on Tuesday nights, and then there was West choir was Thursday night in my own church, right? And I only went right. to my own church. And then there was, you know, the daily vacation Bible schools in the summer. And then I was part of Youth for Christ, so I would we would have meetings on Saturday or whatever. And I did this whole thing. I, you know, yeah. uh, I just, I, I, it was, devotion. Yeah, use no, the devotion be, because. Yeah. I couldn't understand. Yeah. And the only thing like like this is now the emotional part of this, okay? Um is like I I pulled out my old bible and I got it when I was 11. So I was so this would be you know a few years later at the same yeah. time that that would have been you know that was a, it was a Christmas present. But anyway, and I keep looking at all of these Verses that I've uh, like mine is a red letter one, so all Jesus' words are in red, yeah. Um, or God's words are in red, um, potato, and, potato, yeah. <laughs> um, well, that all depends, I know, I know, <laughs> that all depends. And as I heard, if you were if, if you were raised Catholic, th then it turns out that God is separate from Jesus, Jesus yeah. was your friend, and God was the it was the the thing of the institution right <laughs> so you already yeah. had a fragmented god yeah um but i it's um 
partly because children can't hold that sort of thing. Of course, um, that kind of con convoluted, uh, you know, religious structure in their heads. Yeah, you know, you just have to have. Um, well, maybe that's what I should do in the book is start talking about Jesus. Except that that's not my that's not mine. Jesus is not an important figure for me. No, it's weird. Anyway, because Jesus never talked about sex. <laughs> just never came up in any of his stuff he talks about divorce but you know not yeah not a lot about love not a lot about sex yeah you know and uh anyway um it was it it's um it is it, oh, it's just the emotion the the whole because you can go back you never lose your memories yeah and i have people who listen faithfully to our podcast <laughs> mm -hmm. well know that I like we we talked at one point about this sort of um well it's sort of like rehypnol I guess the drug they will give you if you've been raped and you and it just cancels yeah. out all your memory the idea that um it can essentially if you've got so much cortisol because of a traumatic event it can keep you from creating long-term memories of that event of the thing as long as that's in your system so you got like a you know something like a 36 hour window after something awful happens to just erase memory of it yes and because it hasn't gone into your long-term memory exactly and I've, I've always said uh no but that's only experience of saying okay this is what shaped me and yeah i get upset like i like I am right now, mm -hmm. um, and it's had an impact. But I would, I guess I, I can't imagine that you could lose the memory of something so so crucial to your self identity, like such a such I, a foundational experience of your life. So, yeah, but if you're raped, at, you're 15 and you're raped and you're given the drug and then all of a sudden you get married and you're supposed to be a virgin and you've married someone who insists that you are a virgin and you're a virgin. And as far as you're concerned, you're a virgin because you have absolutely no memory of rape. Oof. I mean, those are the unintended consequences, yeah. you know, it might be when you're older or maybe you were, you know, it, 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 well, Never mind. That's that's distracting me from yeah. this particular movie because, but it is as I said, it's only when Mark Ruffalo just blew a casket. Yeah, and, absolutely. You know, and said, you know, that somehow or another. I mean, and the impact that they could never just go back to church again. I was lucky. Yeah. In that sense, not being Catholic. Um. Not, mm -hmm. You know. It, 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 it has well because all of these guys who are lapsed and who only go on the holidays who on some level it's this ingrained part of their i you know ingrained part of their identities and like he says all of we assume we could we would go back at some point well yeah we and, would have the church again in our lives and now that's taken from all of them forever yeah, just like that's what was taken from me was not yeah. so much that, but in the long run, what was taken from me was my community because I cannot, after I finished my dissertation, that was it. Yeah. That was it. I, I couldn't do it anymore. Um, mm -hmm. I wasn't, 
I could understand the community. I could sympathize. I could empathize. I understand why people believe. I understand all of that, but I can't do it. I can't yeah. do it. It's too much. And for Catholics, of course, it was different. But I will tell you that even though I had blocked the memory, there I am off. Where do I end up? Now, none of it was always my fault, right? Right. When, when I went to go back to university, I decided to go to Carleton. Right. Okay? Because that's logical. Why would I go to a Catholic university? Of course. Okay? Which University of Ottawa was a Catholic university. Yeah. You, you can't get around that. Less You'd be surprised how many major... Uh... Educational institutions have very, very close associations with uh, prominent churches. Oh, sure. And um, so what happened, except for the ones that were started after the 60s, Yeah. for example. And right. so then, right, um, but so I end up going to Carleton. Well, they want me to take two courses. Okay. They only let me take two courses because I failed my first year at at Waterloo because it was mathematics. Don't we don't want to have a story that that's a whole other. Story. That's that not relevant oh, to what we're not talking relevant about right to now. what we're talking about because so. But no, no, there, and I ended up in the hospital to have my tonsils out. Okay, and then I ended up having my appendix out like 10 days, not even 10 days later. Oof. Oh yeah, it was it was weird. It's when I had my tonsils out because they were atrophied. Um, I was home a week, like I was in the hospital for five or six days and then I went home and then I started to throw up. I went back and I ended up having my appendix. That's why I had to drop out of Carleton. Oof. And then I decided, so when I went back, I decided I would try Ottawa U as well. And I went and talked to them and said, oh, no, you can come here. You, she, she said, no, you're going to be on probation for the first year. And, and the one course I did pass was political science, intro to political science. And hmm. they gave me credit for it. They gave me credit for the one I passed. And because I was going into English lit, and the rest yeah. of it, of course, and and doing the French thing, that was yeah. fine. And I did art and stuff. So, um, but it was a Catholic institution. Yeah, and, and there's no getting around that. And it was no getting around that. And part of me is wonders what in my subconscious was pushing me there. You know, after Carlton, because at Carlton, well, they would only give me two credits. Like, I can logically say that. And yet part of me always says, I ended up at the Catholic institution in the long run because I had to understand Catholicism. Yeah. I had to understand. If you're going to understand this part of yourself. Yeah. As, But it was even that, but that doesn't hit me until I start my Ph.D., Mm -hmm. This is the problem. It wasn't because I did the undergrad stuff and I switched over to religion when I was in Australia. And then I stayed stuck with religion in 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 um when I went back to University of Ottawa when I came when we came back to Canada. 
And then, and my MA was still on like the four, the intertestamental period, which means about two, 300 BCE to 200 CE. So about a 500 year period was where I'd focused on with my MA. Then all of a sudden, for a number of reasons, I end up having to switch areas because I can't leave. I'm not going to uproot my kids and go off to someplace where I can study Hebrew and Aramaic and all the other stuff. Because if I'm going to stay with this, I have to do that. And you couldn't do it in Ottawa. Yeah. So I decided I'm going to look at physical child abuse and how Christianity supports that and and blah, 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 blah. So I start that. That was how I initially was going to do it. And then it turned out this book by Philip Grevin came out and I went, okay, he's done it. That's my PhD. <laughs> so I had to switch areas. So I switched to child sexual abuse. But when I started my PhD, I had already decided I was going to have to deal with the shit in my past because I knew yeah. there was something there and I was going to have to deal with it. And Neville had been your father and my marriage counselor. Right. Okay. And then he becomes the family therapist you know, forever. Um, mm -hmm. But I, um, I started and then things happened that it was like I put myself into a situation that was going to trigger, 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 trigger. Yeah. And it was sense. the only way to get out the memories, all of the memories. Yeah, just to force <laughs> yourself to. And I was reading all of this stuff and so much of it, it it's and working it out and trying to, to put it together. And, you know, and then it comes what people don't understand about therapies you can go along for quite a while and then something happens and we we do call them triggers but something happens and you end up going ah uh, and you're in crisis and you don't you know i mean i was watching a tv show once and i ended up it was absolutely just floored well not just i mean i had to I had to leave the room. Um, you guys were there with Ralph. I had to go upstairs. I had to call Neville because I was in a panic. And I and I stayed on the bed in a fetal position until Neville called. Hmm. And I mean, because I left it with his answering machine mm -hmm. or his message service. He yeah, had the same service. thing. Well, yeah, except service, the service only only calls him when it's desperate, right? And obviously oh, I sounded desperate enough. <laughs> Yeah. And then he calmed me down so that I could function. Right. And then back back to, you know, twice a week for a few weeks. <laughs> you know, I'd be rich if I, you know. But oh God, yeah. Yes. If you didn't need uh if therapy. I had if I hadn't if I hadn't spent so much, because very seldom did I have a health plan that covered therapy. Yep. Um, so, yeah, I mean, but that's just an insight into the, the way this stuff, you know, affects your entire life, how this trauma becomes the defining part of people, like how, yeah. I mean, as they talk about it, like they use the term survivors advisedly because so many people don't survive this no, because it is, it doesn't just take away, it isn't just I mean, sexual assault is always horrific. This is sexual assault that also destroys people's faith. Faith, your your whole worldview. Your faith, your worldview, 
uh, your ability to ever trust an authority figure. Your right. Yeah. Well, no, I mean, it. you were right to not trust a lot of authority figures. Uh, but no, it also gets at your just your ability to function in a society to function as part of a community because you're surrounded by people who still believe all of these things that have been revealed to you as lies. Well, and here's, well, that, that's an interesting way of putting it, but it is, it, it is, it is interesting. It is interesting because I under once I understood what I had lost, because yeah. that took a long time. And mm -hmm. I think that, that that's, so hard for people um, to understand that you lose your community. And like, and and it's funny because when I read something like this, it's no wonder I, I have a lot of suspicions. Like I'm reading all this stuff I'm reading now. I'm going, okay, they weren't abused. Okay, they weren't. Like you can tell when you're reading what people are writing. Yeah. <laughs> that it is an academic exercise. Yeah, to them. To them. For the most part, um, yeah. well, in, in a lot of ways, they care, but there's this there's this academic exercise part to it, and you can tell the differences mm -hmm. between people who have empathy and who actually know survivors, and people who don't. Right. And um, it it is when I'm reading. And I and then all of this hermeneutic stuff and all of this stuff with theology and all of this, what I call is just whitewashing and okay, we don't want to deal with the truth. We don't <laughs> want to deal with the front. Right. And there's there's the, the, the big one is the hermeneutics of suspicion. What's that? <laughs> in feminism, right? Right. Well, you have to, you have to you, you know, you have to interrogate the text <laughs> suspiciously. You have to gotcha. look, looking for what's behind it, what's missing, or you know, you you, you can't just take it at face value. Basically, right. I mean, I'm being, I, I'm not giving you the academic explanation, mm -hmm. you know, um, and I'm going, yeah, yeah, no, 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 no. You guys don't know what you're talking about. Suspicion, you know. <laughs> No, when you're a survivor, no matter what happens, you don't come to things if you have dealt with it. There's a reason why I have never had an alcohol problem or a drug problem or whatever, mm -hmm. is that I bang on, dealt with crap, not in the best way possible all the time. Yeah. <laughs> I'm not saying I was perfect dealing with it. And, you know, but you were forced to actually deal with your stuff if you wanted to survive, meaning you didn't have to look for coping mechanisms, well, at least I, those coping mechanisms. Well, and the thing is, is that I had an alternate religious system. Yeah. This is what I always say that saved me that because I had the and because I was raised in the United Church. Yeah, that was it would have been that much worse. Yes. Had you actually been Catholic? If I had been Catholic, it would have been much worse if I had been fundamentalist. If I had yeah. been raised in another pro Protestant denomination, possibly I, it would have been much worse. But the United Church was so forward thinking, yep. so questioning and so different than most other churches. Mm -hmm. Now, you know, it's still 
sticks itself to the Bible, but that's another story. Yeah, that's it's hard to get but away this, from that. But this emotional stuff, right? And you have to talk it out. And you have to have someone to talk it out to. So mm -hmm. I pointed out to my audience. <laughs> <laughs> You're not acting as my therapist. I'm working this through for my audience. And they're going exactly. to help me work this because this is what you have to do. This doesn't last, this feeling, this yeah. absolute wash of being back there. Like, and not like it is not the physical stuff that is is so detrimental for me. Right. For other people, it's different. It is the confusion, it is the destruction of your belief system, it is your world that has just fallen apart. Mm -hmm. and you can't understand it and you can't explain it and you go looking for answers and even when you're eight and nine years old and i grant you i was a precocious eight and nine year old but you're still eight or nine years this. old i'm still eight or nine years old and yeah. can't really because i have literally blocked everything out there is nothing to talk about really yeah you know because i don't even remember most of this yeah, yeah. Very, very quickly, by the time the police arrive, that's a whole other story, right? Because, mm -hmm. and I think I've mentioned that somewhere else in the post, but it, it comes up here too, because what happened was there I am, right? And I can't remember anything. And I am going to say this for the entire audience. I will. You know, and there are not that many people who listen, so it doesn't matter. Um, but what what had happened is this this priest stalked me because yeah, I it, it's a it's it's a very involved story. But then he tried to force me to mm -hmm. give him okay, give him oral sex. This was the at the end I bit him. Mm -hmm. Yes, yes, as a man you can go. The, there are only two other people I've told that to. Now I've told it to the world. There you go. All right. Isn't that better? Oh, yes, yeah, so much better. <laughs> but I bit his. You've got face. no shame. Why should you? No. Well, it's just, it's just like, oh, yeah. Oh, God, you know. And no, I hear you. Now, now, whether or not I'll tell my class that, no. I <laughs> That's a whole other conversation. That's a whole other conversation. Yeah. But um, strangers, what the hell? Why not? Um, and it was, and when I got home and I can still, I mean, I could still see myself screaming, running home, this yeah. priest. And the problem was, is he was still wearing one of those long black cassocks because they were still, this is, this is before Vatican two has hit the world. Right. Yeah. So I screamed at a priest in a cassock once who told me God would help me and I shouldn't go to therapy. And I looked at him and <laughs> screamed at him anyway, and told him what had God ever done for me? Not that I yeah. knew why I was screaming at him. And that's when this particular sort of memory comes through. And then I'm running home and I go to the front door. You never went to the front door in my house. Okay. And my parents let me in and they called the police. Right. And I do remember sitting between my parents and I do remember, but I never looked at the police officers because I remember them from their, and they were detectives show from, or whatever, from the knees up. Oh, okay. It's, it's really weird because I'm sitting on the couch. They're sitting on the chairs in the living room. 
and I'm talking and, but you step forward, which is why it was really handy being in a Roman Catholic university and a religious studies department. Cause when I was telling Roger about this, so he was the chair yeah. at the time, Roger Lapointe. And when I was talking about a bunch of different things and I said, well, and I said the follow-up and my mother told me that, I mean, it, you know, my mother said, well, the police, she, she verified that the police had come. Yeah. Right? Like I have independent verification that that actually and, happened, you know, all these details and stuff like that. Exactly. Um, but it's, it's verified, it verified by my mother, but she says, well, she said, yes, they did find out who did it. And they sent him to a mental institution in North Bay. So I told this to Roger and he just looks at me. Right. So, and now we're talking about the early eighties or the mid eighties. And he's, he looks at me and he says, Oh, he said, they just sent him off to another parish. <laughs> like, you know, and I've just looked at him and he said, well, yes, that's what they always do. Yeah. And it was just like, uh, 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 really? And this is long before spotlight. This oh yeah. Long before Bart, you know, this. Well, I mean, and that's, that's something that the, the movie grapples with is yeah. how many people knew about this. Yeah. And, and like you get that horrifying sequence in the movie where they're like, where they've gone, you know, they're they're very proud of themselves for getting this story. And then they're like, here's the five other times we had this story and didn't look into it. Yeah. And, yeah. you know, and the guy who is who is the head of the spotlight team. Said, yeah. yeah, I'm the one yeah. that wrote this. He was Metro. He story. was he was Metro desk. He's one of the people who dismissed this story. Yeah, uh, and put in the story about the 20 priests in somewhere yep. in Pennsylvania. Yeah. You know, so it wasn't as if, yeah, and he just, and he had, you know, and so that's his guilt. Yeah. Right? Um, you know, and we all have this, because this is part of what I'm going, what I was going through right afterwards. Mm -hmm. You know, too, is that, yeah, but I haven't done enough. Yeah. To, to, to make a difference <laughs> it's just like and i you know i mean it was just a stupid thing to say i've yeah. done what i could i can only do so much i had my mother to take care of and god only knows oh yeah if you've ever had a mother who was you know you know <laughs> these these are problems and life gets in the way mm -hmm. of doing sometimes the things that you might want to have done but i will tell you that all of that and i go and i was talking before about going through my bible you should see the verses i've marked up when i look at them i'm just going yeah god only knows these were the verses that were important to me and like they were like from the psalms as well there was a few and i'm just going okay so out of all of the these are the ones that yeah all I was trying to figure out is why God would have done this to me or let this happen to me, you know, yeah. and, yeah. and it's, you know, you work through all of that sort of, except that I didn't know what it was working through to a large extent, but my brain was driving me to the places where I was going to find the answers. And um, it took mm -hmm. a long time to find a decent therapist because I had run through 
God, there was one in, at the University of Waterloo, even I saw someone and God, I was smarter than he was. So I, mean, <laughs> I, I knew more about what was wrong with me than he did. I mean, he certainly yeah. wasn't helpful. Um, <laughs> don't like cognitive and stuff like it's all. It's it's short term. Either you recover the memories that have hurt you and destroyed your ability to function or you will just keep doing it forever. Yeah. But finding a therapist is not easy. And mm -hmm. that is because most therapists want to want to put you into a little box and they want to give you these kinds of therapies and those kinds of therapies. And of course, pills, if it's really bad. Yeah. And, and then, and then, um, discard it, it, it's like no you you have to find a way because the story it's my story so it's in me no yeah. one can tell me how i felt how they can tell me how i should have felt that may not be how i felt yeah you know i've been thinking about this now that i'm reading all of this stuff and talk i have no quarrel to pick with the united church of canada right Myself, you know, I mean, I there are critiques and stuff. Yeah, but personally. But personally, no, I got no. There was, I there was no problems there. I can never, never, I cannot think of a bad pastor minister in that church. Yeah, that you've had any experience with. You know, I mean, and then when uh, what's his face did his, I did do a critique of uh, the minister after Tipple. Um, can't remember his name now uh of his mother's day sermon that this I, I don't know about oh i said oh yes well i i wrote a, an article it's on liturgy it's, okay. it's a book on liturgy and um so i wrote about this mother's day sermon and the problems with it right I, it's called remember the good forget the bad <laughs> super and, useful advice uh, yeah yeah, yeah <laughs> i mean I mean, I'm watching it, but I don't understand that because if you don't remember the bad, you can't fix it. Yeah. You can't deal with it. You can't understand that it wasn't your fault. Of course. And even with my parents to understand why my parents were the way they were. First of all, they went through the war. That was yeah. number one. My mother was divorced. And my mother's parents, my grandparents were divorced. My mother's, my grandmother's second husband sexually abused my mother well those are all pieces yeah it affected me and my sisters mm -hmm. you know and if you go back and if you have therapy and yes now and it's easier to do the therapy the older you get the less like taking the serotonin re-uploaders you know not yeah. a bad thing guys not a bad thing <laughs> as long as you get a serotonin re-uploader that works yeah you see, because again, they figure it's genetics. The different drugs affect people in different, different people, different ways. Yeah, that's just always going to be true. Yeah, and um, you know, so it was it it's um so oh no, now I'm getting to the point, but I can still feel the emotion that I felt, which has is it's called a trigger and i mean yeah. was in the middle of it i'm now talking my way sort of through it 
you know, but, you know, don't ever think that if somebody says that you can get cured and that it will go away forever. No, because it's in your memory. Well, and I think the point I'd like to make is that this, what you're going through, this is what the movie's about. Yeah. Fundamentally. This Why do you is think what it the movie Spotlight is about. Yeah, all of these people, you know, and yeah. this whole business of like, I, and I can start, you know, and watching, watching the one priest, mm-hmm. right, who is talking about, you know, well, no, he didn't get anything out of sexually abusing these boys. Yeah. I wasn't aroused by it, so no, it's no. not, you know, bad. No, no, Jesus. so it's not bad. Um, and um, and he's talking. He said, "But yes, but I was raped too." Yeah, you know, and show how he handled it. Right, mm-hmm. right then that he had, and God only knows. I suspect that's why he ended up being a priest. Yeah, um, I've known that phenomenon. I've seen that phenomenon more than once. Before, yeah. I mean, because there are. You know, lots of, I mean, simply because I was at St. Paul's doing, I did a couple of courses at St. Paul's because there weren't enough courses at, uh, in my department at the time. So I picked up a couple of courses at St. Paul's. Yeah. But I also did so much of my research at St. Paul's. Gotcha. um, I have lots and lots of Roman Catholic friends. Mm -hmm. I still do. But I sit there and I go, yeah you know you don't understand even they don't understand like there is a great tendency to not understand that this is systemic and that's what this movie is about trying to show that it's systemic this is what you know lee schreiber was trying says over and over again i'm not going to let you publish this story until we can get the fact that the church was in on this that this was not bad apples this no. was an institutional decision. Yeah, because everybody wants to talk about bad apples. Mm-hmm. Bad apples. And if you talk about bad apples, it means you don't see it. Yeah. That it's an institutional thing that once people get away with it, then other people get away with it. And then get away with it just becomes the, you know, the norm, the baseline. Yeah, the baseline is getting away with it. Yeah. And, you know, and it's the same thing. It's harder. In Protestant, for example, churches, and mm-hmm. God only knows, I don't know if they have any kind of system. Um, all of these different religious systems have institutions attached to them. Yeah. And if people can get away with it, people get away with it. And um, it is watching, watching the movie was just like, um, okay. Yeah. It's the emotional stuff. It is not the I'm not surprised all of these people the the slime and the lawyers of course who covered it up. And I mean and that's a good reversal in the movie is that like when you find out that uh Billy Credo yeah essentially tried to tip them off. Yeah. And nobody did anything. Nobody did anything. Nobody listened. Yeah. You know, Stanley Tucci. Poor Stanley Tucci. Oh, he's so good in this. Yeah. As a guy who's been, you know, banging his head against this wall for so long. Yeah. That he, uh, right, that he can't imagine this is ever going to go anywhere. 
Like he has no interest in talk, like talking to this. He can't, he can't imagine it's going to go anywhere. Yeah. What would be the point? Yeah. Just a way. Well, uh, let's say I will tell you, I will tell you that since 2012, there's a reason why I haven't written anything and haven't done anything as far as um, presenting at conferences yeah. or anything. And I always say, well, the spirit hasn't moved me, but really what is, well, and that's basically it, right? Like it, it's, what's the point? Yeah. I feel like, like I, I'm watching this thing and going, going, I suppose I've got, I've gone through so many of these emotions myself on and off. It's like you want to do more, but you can't, you can only take care of. And that's, that's where Baron comes in. The outsider, the Jew. Yeah. They right? need this outsider who's Jewish to step in and say, okay, he doesn't have. Yeah, institution who say, well, what's the root of this problem? Like to make them question their assumptions. You know, it's it's the it's the it's the institutional part. It's the fact that it is systemic to the way the system is functioned. Oh yeah, trying to make people understand that the theology, like much less, like I'm just working on saying, look, the Bible is supporting the system. Yeah. Okay, I got to write that down because that's it. Yeah, I mean, no, that's part of that's, that's what the book's about. Yeah, the Bible supports the system mm -hmm. and the system that covers up, et cetera, et cetera. Um, I got to write this down, right? It's the system. I mean, I can expand on it later. I Once I have key little notes, I can I, just to, to remember. No, I understand. And it is, it is all these little things that even even i go through them right you just what and and the fact that it is it is very hard on people who um yeah don't who aren't well as we all know predators know who to pick on so yeah um and that comes out clearly in in this movie as well oh, yeah like this movie covers all of that those issues but people who aren't who have never been abused they don't know what this stuff means and they, they don't know don't how to read it. They, they really don't and they they believe the bad apple yeah rather than understanding the system and also when you're working with people and then you know, and this is the Stanley Tucci problem. Yeah, he knows it's the institution. He knows what's wrong, but he can only work with individuals. That's the only thing he can do mm -hmm. because the system is way too big for one person. Well, and I just love when he's like, uh, when Mark Ruffalo comes to him out of the case and he's like, it's 48 cases. We're not, you know, this isn't a class action. <laughs> I haven't been able to do a class action against the Catholic Church. So it's 48 separate cases I have to run. Yeah. And then, I mean, their astonishment when they find out, because they talk to Sype. Yeah. Because they think they've got 13 priests. Yeah. Right? And, and they call up the expert. And the scummy lawyer. Mm -hmm. And this is where we get our 10% um, number from. Well, he, says six, he says 6%. He says, uh, they're like, we got 11 priests. Okay. Does that sound right for you? And, and he said, no. they says, no, uh, no, it should be a lot higher. 
And then they say, and he's like, well, the statistics say 6% of priests are going to molest children. So that's been pushed up. Yeah, oh, I know, but we're talking but, about the research yeah. being done at the time. Yeah, so these percent of priests are gonna, so there are 1500 priests in Boston, 90 of them should be sex offenders. Yeah, and <laughs> they find 87. And they find 87, just like he said they would. Yes, and, and then as I he says, sure. only 50%, and he's like, uh, only 50% of priests are celibate. And that's no, another no, 47%. Oh, again, because 53 is Richard Sipe is, um, yeah, I have his books here. Of course. I have all of his books on my shelf. Yeah. You know, and he does talk about Thomas Doyle, who is the other key figure who tried. He tried to do the systemic thing. And I will tell you, the last paper I wrote, I wrote two papers in 2012. Yeah. And the last one was was in Amsterdam, but the one before that, um, it was it was a critique of the John Jay report, basically. And mm -hmm. the UCCB, the John Jay, the John Jay, it's criminal school, uh, school of criminology in New York City. Yeah. It is considered one of the biggest um, legal schools. Yeah. Okay. Um, dealing with criminology. And mm -hmm. students were hired by the Catholic Church to do um, a full inquiry. Yes. Well, in quotes. Yes. Well, they accept the minute, and this is what I did. I critiqued it. Yeah. Right. And I said, look, here are here are the things that they were told they can't look at. They can't question theology. They can't question this. They can't question that. Mm -hmm. And I'm going, okay, so they're not going to come up with anything, period. I went yeah. through the whole thing. Well, their numbers were still way off. Like, I have no idea where they were. Like, sometimes they wouldn't tell you exactly what would qualify. I'm going, you can go on to a bishopaccountability.org, you know, and find more numbers. If you want to see priests who have been, and the 27 that the Jesuits named are going to be on that list now, too. Yeah. And living in dead. And you, the number of priests, you can go to your province or your state in the United States, you know, and then of course there's all the other, all the other countries in the world. I mean, they did a good job at the end of putting down all the countries, but you it's know. still going on because Portugal just did a new, a new one. And the Pope mm -hmm. went, had yeah. to go to Portugal was very uncomfortable for the poor Pope. I would imagine. Uh-huh. Well, yeah. You know, like you can see me shedding tears for him. I don't think so. No, you know, um, it's not like you, uh, I mean, when you become Pope in the 21st century, you know what you're getting into. You know yeah. what you're on the hook for. You have to. You can't not. And as I said, it's not like these, it's not like the movie Spotlight wasn't already out when he became Pope. It wasn't like, I don't think law has law, Cardinal Law died yet. He must have by now, right? You would think he would have died by now. Um, but yeah, it, it is, um, it's, and yet you still see, yeah. Like, and I still read these things and like, I'm reading this, this, this book about, no, nah, it doesn't matter. Don't worry. I'm not going to, that's that, that'll take us away from spotlight. It's something, okay. it's, it's All something right. that we could talk about some other time. I'm sure we're going to watch something that'll bring this book up. 
that book. It's all about consent. Okay. Um, and um, anyway, it is. Oh, yeah. Oh, wait. I talk about. Yeah, it's probably a good thing we did this. It, it, this way to talk about this movie because it comes up with every possible little yeah. thing that you can think of if you want a primer in the problem mm-hmm. and this is the problem worldwide yeah it is in the it is a problem in any institutional church mm-hmm. because well that's something we've talked about on the show before children yeah right it's children not- have it's it honestly any place you find uh an ability to get authority over a child you're going to attract predators and churches give you a uniquely large and unquestionable amount of power over children yeah there is no other like soccer coaches do not have the ability to question the you know the immortal souls of their you know players Okay, so while there are plenty soccer coaches who molest children, it's not a unique amount of power. So I'm I doubt it's going to be ten percent of soccer coaches. You know. Yeah. Yeah, and that's well, yes, you know, but and there were soccer coaches. Yeah. And that to bring it up too. I mean, when he goes and finally sees one of his, because of course he went to this particular university, Catholic university. Yep. And when he's going through his list, of course, he runs into, this is Michael Keaton's character, runs into a name he knows. Knew. And this yeah. guy was the coach. The, and as he said, like, the only reason we didn't know about this is because we didn't play hockey. No, 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 no. Oh, no. No, no. That's not the implication. What happens, of course, he's already met with his fellow alumni because he's an important person. And these are, oh, yeah. he wanted to talk only to one person. And, and, and of course, the Cardinal has sent his lawyer to this meeting. Yeah. They don't want to talk about it. Um, it's, it's all the usual, the gaslighting. Oh, yeah. It's just, it's just amazing to watch the bits and pieces mm-hmm. fall into place. But he's talking about Talbot and he said, don't tell me people didn't know. And then he went and met with one of his fellow um, years in the same year that played hockey. And so and so he brings this up and he said, look, this guy, as the guy said to him, he said, how did you know? Number one, I've never even told my wife. Yeah. And then then the puncher comes when he's meeting with the alumni and the lawyers. And he says, yeah. And he said, you and I were both on the team. He Mm -hmm. said, it could have been us. Yeah. It could have been us. Because what this guy was asking was, why me? Mm -hmm. And the fact that, of course, and he broke down and cried in the restaurant. Yeah. And, you know, if you, you know, because what you ask yourself, and even when you were in your teens. So it must have been, it might have been their high school. Whichever it was. It doesn't matter. Their college, their high school. It's not important for the question. No. For the question is that you ask yourself, why? Now, when intervention happens very, very quickly, and we have a lot more tools, we also understand, right? Mm -hmm. That's one of those things you ask yourself. And all you can do is come to the conclusion, I came to years ago, luck of the draw. Yeah. Wrong place, wrong time. It just, 
It had nothing to do with me. Of course not. And and that's but that's so hard. No, it didn't matter. You know, I happened to be there. Yeah. And that's all there is to it. You know, and but you can just see some of the reactions. Like I I you know, and then this overreaction of people to every being scared of everybody. Yeah. And the thing is, the horrible part of this is that you can get rid of the institutional stuff. You can't get stopped. What about the family stuff? And, mm-hmm. you know, that's even worse because that is so clearly intergenerational and there are so many secrets kept there. Oh, yeah. Um, time and time and time and time again, like I can remember, you know, I've had counselees, <laughs> you know, yeah. um, you know, and you just hear it, you know, yes, well, okay, when and then the grant, the, you know, and the great and the, you know, and then, well, my mother actually, my grandmother ran a brothel. Jesus. Okay. You know, so... <laughs> So, you know, my, 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 my parents, my, my father was raised in a brothel. Well, what kind of an attitude do you think he's going to have to work with? <laughs> Yeah, that's right there. <laughs> and, you know, and not, this man did not, this man was very, um, did not sexually abuse his children, right? Yeah. Or his, his, he didn't, but there were other issues it but there's an attitude because you don't live with it and it becomes the big family secret yeah you know but that's not to say his father wasn't abused because a lot of people who are abused because his father drank and his father did this and his father did you know all of these other things that would indicate potentially that he had been abused as a child he just didn't do it to his own sons yeah and hey let's not let's remind everybody most people don't abuse their own children It's a tiny minority of abuse victims who go on to abuse their own children or other children. Yeah. Uh, All abusers were abused themselves, but it's only a tiny minority who actually go on to become victimizers. Yeah. Like, and that is an important thing to remember because uh, people want to imagine a world where like, there's just a villain out there. And it's like, no, they were all victims at one point. Yeah. Uh, you You can pity them, but you can't pretend they're not human. No, it, and that is what's so hard. And I mean, some of, I have read so far only one, one thing, this, this woman who has written, and it's very innovative. And she comes from a Christian evangelical background. Right. She's actually a pastor and she does teach um, pastoral counseling and stuff. She, and she is a survivor herself, which, as I said, always makes a difference. of course yeah um and but she comes and i told this story already but it's even more important when i watch spotlight that there she was you know one of her parishioners and then she had to figure out how she was still going to minister to an abuser to a pedophile this couldn't you know like because everything tells you it's not like I didn't have abusers mm-hmm. that I was doing my work with with my AIDS. With your, yeah, in uh, AIDS counseling. 
because most of them were on the street. Yeah. Most of them had addiction problems. Oh, yeah. You know, it was, um, uh, it, it was hard. It was, of course. it was hard because you deal not just then with the fact that they've been abused. Mm-hmm. That's their problem, but they've also abused. Yeah. That's just part of the nature of things. And you have to figure it out. These people are, and I do not think it's genetic. All of these people, I was asked that night. Yeah. Oh, well, what do you think about free will and predestination? And I said, well, <laughs> free will is more important than no. Well, I would say it's the environment is more important than the genetics. I think that's likely and, true. And a lot of and a lot of this stuff. As I said, no but no baby borns gets born expecting to be raped. Yeah. But I just saw some guy who was a a producer and okay. he'd come from the security system. Security and he's system? just been arrested. Well, because I have, I had to open up. Google has decided that if if you haven't used your every uh, X amount of yeah, they're going to take away your email addresses if you haven't used them in X amount of months. years, or eight months. Oh, or eight months, I think, or something. Or, no, they're going to give you eight months warning if you That's have it. in two years. So I have this one that just collects. Um, Anything about the Roman Catholic Church and child sexual abuse. Right. Emails. That's that's yeah, yeah, yeah. that's what, yeah, it's an I, email that's just there to collect Google alerts. Yeah. Yeah, Google alerts, right? For me. Yeah. And I haven't gone to it and I don't know how long, probably six months or something. Right. So I thought I would go to it today. Um reasonable. And somehow or another I ended up going through a lot of those, but there was this one and this guy had been a hall. Oh no, I went, oh, I had to go to profile and got criminal minds too to do my deadline Hollywood. So it came from deadline Hollywood because this guy had been a producer for at ABC and he'd done other things and right. Netflix and stuff. Anyway, he'd been picked up for child pornography and blah, blah, blah. Oh my God. And, tra- and transporting and, and, and some of it and rape of an infant. Is was one of the things that was listed as uh, the stuff on his, on his um, iPhone, I guess, on his on his cloud, oh. you know. And I just went, people cannot understand that it is. And if you want to talk about a child who is going to have DID, the oh yeah, extreme form of DID, those mm-hmm. those are the children that will develop. Oh, absolutely. Someone with DID, you are talking about severe abuse. Of course. From from the be, before the personality and before has firmly developed, yes. Has developed at all. Yeah. You know, so people like me who had a pretty good sense of who I was weren't going to end up in that boat. Wasn't going to end up in that boat. Yeah. Um, simply because the problem was the shattering of who I was. Yeah. And everything else that all of this horror and all of this disruption and everything else had occurred. So, yeah, it's um, it, 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 it's there. I don't want people to think that it's everybody. <laughs> but when you are part of me, you get a little suspicious about just about it. But I tell you, it's like whenever I get that weird, icky feeling. Yeah. And that's the time to use the word icky. That's fair. You know, it just, sometimes there are people I just know. 
there's something wrong. Wrong with that person. And yeah. you're never surprised afterwards. No, you ne I'm never surprised. And never, but you can't do something about an icky feeling. Of course not. <laughs> you know, oh, well, you know, I've got an icky feeling about X. Yeah. All you can do is tell your, when somebody comes to you, one of my friends came to me once and said, this, this particular guy, she just didn't like him. Like, yeah. They were all friends and stuff like that and kids and stuff. She said, I just I just get a really bad feeling whenever I'm around. I said, So tell your husband. And I yeah. said, just make sure that his kids he stays away from your children. Never let your children be alone with him. Yeah. All you can do, I said, icky feeling isn't gonna do anything. Yeah. And how are you going to explain it? Yeah. Well, I got an icky feeling. I said, You can distance yourself from these people. Mm -hmm. There's only so much you can do. You know, oh, of course. Yeah. Oh, that was the other thing. Okay. When that, when one of the, what's his face? Is it Jeremy? Anyway, found out that, you know, one of the treatment centers was in his neighborhood. Oh, my God. Oh. Said, what am I going to do? Shouldn't I tell stay my Stay away from the people in that house. Well, he told his children to stay. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. Yeah. But he wanted eventually to tell the whole, all his neighbors. Yeah. That there's, hey, uh, you know, a quote unquote treatment facility for child molesting priests in the neighborhood. <laughs> and oh. then, yeah. And so then what happens, of course, is that uh, as Michael Keaton told him, yeah, you know, it, it'll be out soon enough. Yeah. Everybody will know soon enough. But it's like, and it's like the whole thing of having to sit on it. Like yes. when they have all of this information and they want to get it out there. And it's like, it's such an awful story that you have to share it with everybody, but you can't because the story is not done. No, the story is not done. And Ugh. you have to make it when you are going up against power. Yeah, it has to be airtight. It has to be airtight. It yeah. has to be airtight when you are going to fight this one. And it is so hard and you also have to figure for all the stuff that Stanley Tucci did, right? He did it and he did it and he kept doing it because that's mm -hmm. what you have to do. And you have to hope that there's payoff somewhere down the line. You're not going to be able to do it. Yep. The big payoff, the, you know, you can try and take people to court, but as he said, the media had to t do it and they'd had it 25 years before the, mm -hmm. the, 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 the guy who was the head of SNAP in Boston had brought them all the information five years before. They could possibly it buried, need, yeah. And it had been buried. Mm -hmm. You know, and you could you could actually see that constant dismissal of this guy. Oh yeah. For a long for a long time in that, you know, that oh, he's just he causes trouble and he's got nothing there. He's got nothing to say and he's got no proof. And, this, that, and the other thing, right? Nobody wants. Everyone wants this to not be true. Yes. At, at their core, everyone wants this to be a lie because it's one of these things that's true that's so horrible that, you know, it's hard to wrap your head around. It's hard to, and this is what all of the characters go through. How do you keep living, you know, in the world when you know a secret this big? Well, you think of the survivors who have been keeping this secret for a long time. Exactly. Yeah. And like like uh, Michael Keaton's friend from college. Yep. 
or yeah yeah because of course you go at 17 even right yep so oh it, yeah it it is hard yeah and that's what's so horrifying about the movie is how well like it captures the idea of the weight of this knowledge all of the characters and again that's why in that perfect scene mark ruffalo snaps because yeah. it's the weight of this knowledge is too much yeah like not being able to like the idea that they've gotten away with it for this long is just longer, too hard to accept and longer i mean that's oh, that's yeah. the horrible part and the funny mm -hmm. thing is is that they hadn't read jason berry no. He wrote he wrote his um Lead Us Not Into Temptation in yes. the 80s. Um, you know, Sykes books came out in the 80s. And yeah. like they hadn't read any of this. It took it took the guy from Snap to bring them in and just give it to them. And then they're reading it and going, Oh, what? You're all Catholics. You don't read the National Catholic Reporter? And the answer is no. Obviously not. Well, because they don't think of Catholicism as like, again, they are they are holiday Catholics. They don't think of it as an integral part of their lives and they don't understand how vital it is to their own identities. Yeah. Until and, they're forced to confront it. Yes. And um anyway, we'll uh we'll yeah. see. Yeah. Anyway, so of course I've calmed down. We have been talking about the movie, but we've been talking. We've been a lot of other stuff too, but that's the we've whole been doing thing. a therapy session with Dr. Raymond. Well, no, and the fact is, if you look at this movie, oh. the reason it's so powerful, the reason we know it did such a good job is that it can bring this stuff out. Yeah. Right? It forces you to confront these horrible situations. It's just and these awful experiences. And it does it with such, I mean, it's it's almost reductive to use the word, but I use it. It's so classy about it, and it's so restrained about it, and it's so respectful of these people's experiences. Although the my favorite though thing is when they talk, uh, when they call the ex, when they call Simon, and uh, it's just he has that academics. Yeah, no, here's here's the details. Like this isn't shocking. I'm not telling you anything that I don't know that I haven't said a thousand times. This is just it's what I'm an expert in. And it's just like the blaseness of him talking about this horrific fact. <laughs> because that's how academics are. Well, yes, and sometimes I can do that too. Yeah, but absolutely. I, I and the funny thing is I probably did that for a long, long time. And yeah. it was 2012 that I that I shifted. Oh, totally. And, and by by the way, um, I should say, and that was two years after my mother died. Yeah. Right. That I made that that it was when I was in Amsterdam doing that, doing the paper. Have we forgotten how, you know, yeah. how radical feminist exegesis can be? Mm -hmm. um, and I think a lot of people have. Uh, again, you know, they think they're interrogating. No, they're not. They're 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 filling out the necess the necessities i it's i that's a whole other story but the the one thing i should say though you have to understand that in terms of when i say that i bit this priest that was the end that was the stalking before that yeah okay what you have to understand is that there had been more before that and i 
had told him that I was not going to ever go there again. I won't give you the details about why I said of that. Of course. Yeah. So I, I, I was, I was a, I was a mouthy kid anyway, but no, <laughs> I wasn't going to do this anymore, you know? And then at one point, and this was the monkey on my back. This, this was a monkey on my, like I used to have this thing on, I'm, I'm touching my right shoulder. Right. Yeah. And I used to have this, place on my right shoulder that every now and then we get so sore talk about physical stuff right we get so sore and it would hurt and it would be and I would like be upset and I couldn't do anything about it and it was only when I finally uh, going through reliving this experience and believe me Alzheimer's dead yeah before it gets to that point I tell you gotcha you know, if I go back to the 30, when I'm in my 30s, okay. But yeah, that's fine. We don't want to go back to my teen, my, my Your childhood. My childhood. Um, so, but what happens is that I was walking. You have to understand this is the church kitty corner to my house. Yeah. And he came outside. He put his arm on my shoulder. Like I was walking down the street. And he came, he came caught up to me, put his arm on my shoulder and said, well, you know, this really is all your fault. Oof. Right? Yeah. And I just shrugged up, shrugged him off and, you know, and ran away. Mm -hmm. And that was sort of after. Now, you know, and the thing is, is that that made no sense to me. Yeah. Right. And then he started stalking me. Hmm. I, it, it was weird. It was weird. But anyway, um, yeah, that's about as much confession as you're going to get from me. <laughs> okay. <laughs> it's not even a confession, you know, because that's the wrong word to use about it. No. Explanatory. No, it's just, explanatory. It's just re a revelation. It's a revelation. It's an explanatory thing. It was, it was difficult. I can still remember when the full force of everything hit me. Yeah, I was, in, I was in Toronto, and for whatever reason, I woke up. I must have been dreaming, and I woke up, and I was doing other work. I was doing consulting work and the rest of it. I woke up. I got, I got dressed. I was getting ready to go in to meet the people I was doing some consulting work for, and all of a sudden, I was in a panic. And yeah. I was in a panic and I couldn't stop. We would call it now an anxiety attack. Of well, course. when I have an anxiety attack, there's something wrong. I don't do drugs. I don't do anything like that. Right. Yeah. Um, and I called, I paced and I paced and I paced the person I was staying with, you know, maybe the coffee and breakfast, but I paced and I paced and I paced and I paced. And then until about 820. And then I called Neville. <laughs> and he said can i hang my coat up i just walked in the office it was like i knew he walked into the office at that moment yeah and he didn't have a client till nine but i paced and it was bump 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 bump, bump. all i did was talk right it, it just there was all of this whole stuff that came out and it was just and again calm me down <laughs> worked me through it yeah. 
and I had a meeting when I got back to Ottawa. Yeah. You know, to work through this stuff. Neville was my Paxil or Neville was my, what is an anti-anxiety drug? Xanax. Xanax or something, whatever those are. That was, that's what Neville was for me. Right. And um, because I, there was always something and I'd had all these dreams and I couldn't talk about it until I had talked, until I talked to Neville. I know it was just, it's still, oh, it, no, no, I got it. It is not an easy thing for any of us. We mostly, if we survive without becoming an alcoholic and without becoming drug addicts, I would say I was highly active sexually, but then that was the the 70s and the whatever, you know, the late 60s. It was a perfect time to use that as a coping mechanism. (laughs) No. I mean, what else? You weren't going to get a ton of judgment from society at that particular moment. No, no, no. You had the pill. You had the pill, you know, and you had antibiotics if you got anything. There you go. If you were smart enough Hmm. Uh, and didn't. So, you know, no, no overhang from all of that. But I wouldn't have called that. It was a coping mechanism, probably. Oh, yeah. Um, It was a lot of fun, too. There you go. Sex and rock and roll. No drugs. It was again, literally, all of the bands sang about. Oh yeah, well, <laughs> the the best time for music was entirely about, and they were singing about the life you were leaving. Leaving. Yeah, the life I was leading. Yeah. Until I decided to get married. Yeah. Uh, you know, um, yes, I remember meeting the loving spoonful in in uh, after they well they hadn't well I guess they'd stopped they'd broken up sort of. But so still. I had a couple of them, you know, and um, they were friends of friends. And that was when the police went on strike in Montreal. And we all got stuck in the same apartment because the buses weren't running. Nothing was running. <laughs> they had brought the military in. Jesus. Yeah. 60s were a mess, people. <laughs> they really were. Well, they, they, you know, they had they had their moments. <laughs> it was Sir George Williams. I was taking a course at Sir George Williams. And it was, I, I ended up staying at, at at a place with one of my fellow students, right? And then he was friends with the 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 the, the loving spoonful couple <laughs> guys, right? And yeah. then, uh but one of them had been out sort of running the streets while the tanks were rolling in the streets. Jeez. When I think about it. Yes, it was fun. It was crazy. You know, all right, it I've officially crazy. let you drift too far from the point. Yes, uh, from the point. All right. Except so we're going to be back here next time. We don't uh, know what with. We don't know what with. We're going to decide that off mic. So thank you for your patience. It will be serial killer related. Don't worry about that. Uh, if you have any questions, if you have any comments, if there's any profiling related fiction you'd like to uh you'd like us to check out drop us a line at profiling criminal minds at gmail.com we'd love to hear from you if you're listening to this on some sort of an app or podcatcher please be sure to rate and review that's how new people find the show uh we'll be back here with us a a less confessional episode next time <laughs> i promise uh but until then yeah i don't know any great. serial killers there you go no. spotlight's pretty great actually okay. honestly 
Uh, the 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 crazy part is the uh, the the circles you ran in in the nineties. Yeah. All those people, you probably did know serial killer. You just never found out. All those sketchy people you met uh, hanging out with oh, the uh, oh yeah, <laughs> hanging out with the people on the margins of society. I'm just saying, there's a good chance you met a serial killer. Yeah, and you're never right. found out. That right. isn't that that's that's bizarre. Weird to think about. Using yeah. priests. I mean, I found out that one of the guys I went to high school was a, was a predator. This is what I'm saying. You know, right. I mean, I found you. Yeah. So you're right. Right. given given the margins of society. I was. Doing, That's what I'm saying. You're right. You're right. All right. So we'll see you back here for more of this, kind of. But until then, I'll say that's right. <laughs> Au revoir. And have a good week. Bye.